Uh, everyone, it's Papa's Basement. I'm your host, John Papa Giorgio. That's the sound of Eva Friction taking a pool off her vape. Trying that's to do it, it on the sly. Yeah, yeah, that's it for me. Either that or you had a humdinger of a fart and you're just sucking it in. Yeah, I was just enjoying it, actually. But you called me out. Which was it? Is it <laughs> no, the fart? It was, no, it was the vape. I'm I done. It was, I put it away. I wanted it. I wanted it. I uh, we have a very special guest today, actually. It's Brie Hunter. She's a, a comedian that I've followed for a while on Twitter, and she's just launched her own podcast. And I figured, what the hell? You know, like we do, what, Eva, one interview a year, pretty much? Yes, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So we had to get in our quota before, I guess, COVID kills us all. You know, I don't want to die with that hanging over me. <laughs> and yeah, so welcome to the show, Brie Hunter. Brie, Hello. Hello. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I know that I went kind of Hollywood on you the last two times and I had to cancel at the last second. So I'm sorry. The LA is making me an asshole. So I apologize. <laughs> and it, I'm so sorry, but I'm glad that we could finally make it happen. It's okay. I, and no by worries. Go Hollywood. You just asked, are you Jewish? And I said no. And you hung up on me. I know. I gotta be. I gotta be one with the tribe now that I'm here. So yeah, no Jewish. I can't, can't do the interview. Sorry, you can't. You can't get me ahead. Gotta hang up. Um, how long have you been in LA? I have been in LA. Just had like my two year anniversary of being oh, in awesome. LA. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it's like it's been it's been pretty good. LA is like a weird city. Uh, have you guys ever been out here? Lived out here? I've I've been there, but not when I was a kid, and I was very disappointed when I got off the plane and it wasn't like Bing Crosby playing the piano. And... How old are you? Me? Yeah, how old I, is Bing, I'm Bing 80, Crosby? I'm eighty five, but I watched all those old movies, man, and like I thought I thought it was going to be so glamorous, and it was just I mean it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but it. Uh, I need to go back. I have a lot of friends. All you that... need to know about L.A. is just watch the video to Under the Bridge. That's it. Under the bridge. I don't know that. By the Chili Peppers. Oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. I do. That's, that's <laughs> he walks around L.A. and he's wearing that dead on arrival shirt, and that's it. What What is it like? What's like the atmosphere in L.A. right now? With, smoggy. Um, no, it's smoggy with uh, all the Black Lives Matter stuff going on. Oh well, you know. Here they're like it was very touchy because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people here like remember the Rodney King riots. Oh, so shit. yeah, you know, yeah, like they were in a panic once it started happening. But I was actually out there on that first day, like Good the Saturday. Um, thank you. The Saturday, like that, it first happened. But that was like before it was really organized. So uh, when I showed up, like like you could tell, like it wasn't a normal protest. Like it was like very tense, and like mm. at any minute something terrible could have happened like it just was like a lot of anger um and people were keeping their cool but once the police came in like with the riot gear and their guns sort of pointed at everybody like it just was like this you could tell it was escalating very quickly damn um so yeah it was wild and then for like three or four days like we were on like i live in beverly hills and we were on lockdown starting at like one or two in the afternoon we had we had to be inside what it's That's how good yeah. their houses are, Eva, okay? <laughs> yeah, the rich people don't screw around. Like, every, everyone else in L.A., they were like, they basically told the fuck off, but the but Beverly Hills, they were like, 1 p.m., everybody inside. I was like, Jesus There's a Christ. cloud in the sky. You're going in. That's... Yeah, you gotta run inside. So, so um, it was wild. 
you're I I'm going to use my like powers as a racial detective here. You're olive complected and you're into Bruce Springsteen. So are you like originally from Jersey and Italian? Yes. What a okay, great yeah, I, love... I use my powers for good. I was gonna say what incredible forensic skills that you have. Like you put those two together yeah. and you deduce that I'm from Jersey. And that the is power hysterical. of your podcast is you eating a bowl of spaghetti. But... Yes. So you knew. Yes. That's how where, you know. Where in Jersey? I have a lot of family in North Jersey. My mom's from Patterson. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love a Patterson yeah. gal, dude. Is she yeah. tough? I feel like she's got to be tough if you're from Patterson. She's, uh, I don't know. Papa, would you consider my mom tough? I've seen her beat you up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've seen she's some real sh- physical abuse, yeah. Yeah, she's kicked the shit out of me. No, she's, my, my grandma was from Bergen County, and, like, I just have a lot of ties to Jersey, and I... I love it there. I get pissed when people make fun of it. I'm like, Jersey's beautiful. Whatever. I appreciate that. Although I also feel like we deserve to get made fun of sometimes. Like we're a little, I'm from, uh, I'm from Essex County. So I'm from West okay. Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Now, if you guys ever watch the Sopranos. Um, <laughs> yeah, West Caldwell. Yeah, yeah. North yeah. Caldwell is where Tony <laughs> lives. Yes. So, there, so that's like always like my claim to fame with people. I'm like, oh, have you ever watched the Sopranos? But that's where I'm from. First 25 years of my life. So um yeah, and it never really leaves you the jersey. Like, I feel like I could be out here in L.A. for the next 20 years and people all still get in, a, like, you know, an Uber and people will be like, oh, you're from Jersey? Like, you can't really hide it. It's just, it's written all over your face. I don't, you know. I so. can't believe, I don't like that jersey gets shit because it's attractive in general. But it's, it's just treated as, like, a, a lesser than because it's next to two great cities. Like, South mm. Jersey is the yeah. bitch of Philly. Philly. And yep. North Jersey's the bitch in New York, but it's like it's still better than just being that close to those two cities makes it better than like eighty five percent of the country. Exactly. Like I feel from someone you know from North Dakota shouldn't exactly be throwing stones because <laughs> they heard some Jersey mockery on a ninety two episode of Seinfeld. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, but I like it. I mean, I like being from Jersey. It definitely sets you apart when you're in L.A. I think there's like a Jersey realness that you have that's sort of like shocking to people, um, not only who are like from L.A., but even because everybody in L.A. is like trying to be somebody and they're willing to be whatever you want them to be to get ahead. So if you're not like that, if you're like me and you're like, no, this is who I am regardless, it's like frightening and refreshing at the same time to most people here. Oh it's like God. almost like you're like a tiger walking around where it's like they're like intrigued by you, but they also think you could like rip their face off at any moment. So like they're not really sure how to handle you in most situations. I mean, yeah. You've you've just made the rest of the citizenry sound like easily hackable fembots though. Like I wanna go <laughs> over there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It is. I like the first podcast I ever, or the first episode I ever did, I talked about how I walked into a Starbucks and there's a guy there who ordered a lactose-free oatmeal what? for his service dog. And his service dog was a French, like a French bulldog who was tripping him the whole time. Like he kept running underneath his leg. And I was like, first of all, like this is not a service animal. Everybody in LA thinks their animal is doing a service and it's not. I'm like, who 
like in what situation is a, are you like oh i need like an inbred short you know dog that barely has legs big enough for its body to help me get through the day like what, what kind of life are you living that that is the solution to it <laughs> not to mention apparently the dog's lactose intolerant and then you're ordering that at start like the whole thing and i was like it it made me so mad that i was like i might start voting republican just because <laughs> i couldn't take this anymore <laughs> it's too much yeah, I, uh, I I got pissed when I saw, I, I don't know, this was like a few years back, and some woman tried to bring her service peacock on a flight. Oh, Christ. And you yeah. were just angry that a woman could fly. Yeah, I was just <laughs> angry that women were allowed uh, rights to fly, voting rights, um, choice in general. Well, the good old uh, days when they would just walk behind the plane. Yeah, why not that? Or just sit in cargo. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Here's a Ziploc bag full of air. <laughs> no, she brought her freaking service peacock. First of all, I hate birds. I lived, I, I always have to throw this out. Papa makes fun of me. I lived in uh, New York for like 10 years and it made me, uh, yeah, it made me super scared of birds because the only birds that are, I live downtown and the only birds that are there are seagulls and pigeons and that, like they were just bottom feeder disgusting of birds. birds of prey they are birds of prey in new york and like the fact that someone would want to bring a service peacock like this is my emotional support peacock makes absolutely no sense to me i no. I, I i can't get on top of that plus a lactose free dog like come on man I know. Well, I, I, obviously being from like New York or from being Jersey and working in New York, I can confirm that like whatever kind of birds they have in New York are violent. Like they're like the Antifa of Thank birds. You. Thank they, you. They will fuck you up and you don't even know why. You're, it's like, it's wild. No, so they, they plot crazy. against you. They'll steal your, your pretzel. That happened to me one day. A, a seagull came down and took my pretzel. I swear to God. I was down walking near the, uh, near the South Street Seaport, and I had a big old buttery pretzel, and it came down and stole it away. I was so mad. That's, like, because everybody says, like, when they say you got to be tough to live in New York, they meant everybody. Everyone from, like, the rats to the cockroaches, like, all the <laughs> way up to the humans. It's, like, yeah, New York is, like, a different breed, and if you can't hack it, like, you know, you're just not going to survive. So everybody's kind of got to have that attitude, including, you know, the pigeons. Yeah. Well, well speaking of New York... The Central Park Karen, Amy Cooper, is back in the news. Now, oh, what did Amy Cooper do? So, this was written in the New York Post. They are spilling her shit everywhere. Okay. Apparently, before this all... The Post is all... the shitty one, right? The yes, Post is the like Post... the tabloid. Yeah, the Post is the tabloid. It's fun to read on the subway. You know, it costs like a dollar. Whatever. Um, so, this is the woman that, you know feigned her her scared white woman voice and put a black dude <laughs> you know she did the quivering yes. like fragile i'm gonna call the cops a negro stands yeah before like you. oh my god and she, she literally could have put that that man in danger and he just wanted her to put her dog on a leash in the ramble whatever she got called out she got fired from her job good whatever she's gone Apparently, this has been happening. She's back in the news. She gave $65,000 to a married man that she was dating to leave his wife. And so that was for his divorce and to pay for an abortion for a different woman he was seeing. Jesus. This guy 
in a oh. power move, takes her money, doesn't leave the wife, <laughs> <laughs> and gets with the new woman that he got pregnant. So she doesn't get the abortion. He leaves his wife. So then she brings him to court. And they basically just laughed at her and came to some sort of uh, settlement out of court. But now, but now, Miss Cooper is friends with this guy's ex-wife that he left. Oh, of course. The enemy yeah. of my enemy. Yeah. Oh, they, they, are, they are buddies now. And, you know, he's such a piece of shit. He's with the lady that he said was going to get the abortion with her 65K. I feel anytime a man says he will take your money to get a woman he's fucking on the side of the side piece. Yes. To end the life growing inside her. Um <laughs> You should know you're probably not dealing with someone on the up and up. What? I mean, I I just I I I can't with this woman. Like she's. I I like the dude. I mean, like I'm pro choice as shit, and I hate kids. But if someone paid me to abort a kid, I'd be like, "Fuck you! This thing's living now." Yeah, and and he is. He is the mopiest, dorkiest looking, like, white dude you ever saw. How old and is she? I don't know. She's, got, she's probably in her late 30s. I don't oh. know. Um, and she, he's, like, just the dorkiest looking dude you've ever mm-hmm. seen. Just typical white guy, like, sort of chubby, glasses, a little bit of a beard, like, just... Oh, God, even chubby? I was, if he was, like, skinny and tall, I was going to say, like, maybe he had some John Holmes dong or something, but yeah. Jesus... You know, I mean, nobody maybe... does like more extreme shit than like sad white women. Like people <laughs> like to talk about incels, like oh incel. I'm like, yeah, like just wait until like the the sad white women get in a fight I, because they will outdo everybody. <laughs> like every time there's something like some insane headline in the like the news, I feel like it's like put it this way: how many sw- like swingers or swinger porn have you ever seen where it's like some unattractive, overweight white woman? They're always <laughs> willing to do the craziest shit for their man. That is true. (laughs) Yeah, they they have to stay in the game somehow. Right. (laughs) Like, as the looks fall away, the sluttiness quotient has to go up to compensate. But I mean, I feel like every time I see it, it's like, it's not, you know, people will be like, everyone always, like, when you say, like, oh, everybody, they have to say, like, oh, I know one person. Yeah, we all know one person. But nine times out of ten, when you watch these videos, who is, you know, who's the woman? It's some woman who you're like, Jesus Christ, what happened to her? But they're willing to do, they're willing to go the extra mile. So whether it's sleeping with four strangers or giving some other dude, you know, 65K to get, you know, his ex-wife's abortion, like they will do anything. Oh my God. You're right. I've watched some like really weird porn where it's always a sad white woman doing some depraved things. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, would I, would I ever get to that point? Maybe I will. I don't know. Not that sad I think about it like every day. I'm like, when am I going to (laughs) hit? Like rock bottom. Like you said to you said earlier, you you've been uh, sober for a year, right? Yeah, or more than a year. year, a year plus, like fourteen months. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I don't have to I, say um, it. I've said it enough. Yeah. You, well, he's known me a long time. He knew drunk Eva. She was not very fun. <laughs> um, I, like I, I think that's amazing, and I like always say to myself, like I am not um, an alcoholic yet, but I can see it coming down the road. So people <laughs> say, like I also can see sobriety also coming down the road. Like I'm yeah. like, you know, in ten years from now, I'll probably have to be sober. But um, 
it's like no it really does like fascinate me like that like you like so when you became sober like Mm -hmm. what was the process like did you go to AA like did you do it on your own like how did you I had been trying for years um and I I couldn't tell you why this last one worked um I can tell you it's the nicest I did go to treatment I went to a Mm -hmm. place here uh John and I both live in northern Virginia it's uh pretty you know, it's just a suburb of DC, but it's a, it's has its very ritzy areas. And I went to a beautiful treatment center, um, in great falls, which is like, a, just a gorgeous area of Fairfax County. And I was, it was on all this property and, but honestly it was just the people I was around. I was like, wow, these people are fun. And if I can have fun in sobriety, but that's the only thing I was missing before. Like everybody else seemed miserable. They were doing it because they were in trouble with the law. They were doing it for this and that. And this time it just seemed fun and it hasn't stopped being fun. So that's awesome. Know, but, yeah, that first going. acoustic guitar came out and she was <laughs> on board. <laughs> <laughs> you heard someone playing an Oasis song and you were like, fuck it. I'm putting the bottle down for life. That is yeah. it. Yeah. This Someone... is my wonder wall. <laughs> this is it. It's like they're singing to me. <laughs> I finally get this song. I, I feel like it's so tough to to be sober in comedy because I feel like I didn't like I actually didn't drink a lot in high school or college. But then when I started getting into the comedy scene, like that's when I started drinking, like you know, four or five nights a week because mm. it's sort of hard not to. You know, yeah, like the, the lifestyle the clubs. lends itself. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the lifestyle lends itself to that. Right. So oh, for sure. And I was doing that in New York. I was acting and I was bartending and it just that on top of just like, you know, personal losses and shit like that. It just got out of control. And, um, you know, I've used this line before, like any alcoholic worth their salt. I had a low grade Coke problem as well. So I <laughs> amphetamines and, uh, alcohol go very well together and it was just time to stop i'm as as a as a cop would say two days before retirement i'm getting too old for this shit yeah <laughs> then they old. die and mel gibson has to avenge them so. that's true Careful that is you true say, Eva. <laughs> you'll have to avenge my death Papa. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> we're all thanking mickey bain we've all watched the simpsons last. yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's just been, it's been cool. And my, my boyfriend and I are living together now and he has 12 years sober. So he's like a major rock star. Um, That's incredible. I so you, would you, do you think you could have ever been like with somebody like, do you think sober people can date non-sober people successfully? For sure. Yeah, I do. I don't know if I could, but I think other people could. Don't you remember the episode where Chrissy dates Juliana Margulies? That's that is true of the Sopranos. Remember that, and she gives him like a cocktail to go get at uh, at the oh, Walgreens. Yeah. She's I like, remember. "Yeah, it's yeah. the Valerian tea, the Valerian tea." I yeah, remember yeah. That episode. She's like, "Just go get the Valerian tea. If you put like eight eight bags in one, it has opiate like effects." I always remember that. I like. <laughs> I always, that's so funny you brought that up because I always remember that scene too. And I used to laugh. I'm so lazy. I would be like, okay, yeah, you could brew 50 bags of tea or you could just do heroin. Like just fucking do the heroin at that point. I mean, honestly, honestly, 
You're going to brew 50 bags to get like an eighth of a high? What's the point? What is the point? Well, they concluded something similar to you, if I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they I did. I would not be a good girlfriend to a sober person, in case you can't tell, if that's my mentality. <laughs> like, just fucking take sure you don't want any? You sure? Look. <laughs> If you didn't go out and get it, if I'm just offering it, I don't even think this counts. Yeah, look, you could smoke the heroin or you could inject it and feel it immediately. So we're on a budget. We're on a budget. We're on a budget and I have clean needles. I didn't think I was dating a poon. (laughs) Um, On the uh, the speaking of like depressing topics, I have to ask now that there used to be a third member of this this rock group that you're a part of. Now, what he is, he is no longer. He is gone. He overdosed. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's not cool. (laughs) He's sober, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's not cool to joke about. No, he um, the Valerian T got him. The Valerian T got him. No, we did a pod with him the other day. He was gone from one episode and came crawling back because he. Yeah, but we decided to punish him by not having him on this one. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know we're so mean. That is hysterical. So he is funny. like the uh, listen. Every great rock group though ha- always has somebody who kind of like leaves, and then like, and half of them have someone who leaves and then tries to come back. So I feel like if if anything, this is just like a marker for success for you guys. Yeah, I think so too. And he was only gone for one episode, um, and then he listened to uh, John and John and me doing an episode. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. I want to come back. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. Well, right, because you think it's like once you leave, then it's like it's like the movie Rockstar. Like once you leave, then like you know it's not going to be good anymore. Then when you realize it's just fine, you're like, "Fuck, I better get back in there real quick before I become unwelcome." (laughs) Was that the Mark Wahlberg movie? Yes, I love that movie. (laughs) I I think Aniston has like a lesbian kiss. Does she? Yes, I I could be wrong, but this is where my internet nerd porn database is booting up. Give it a second, (laughs) Uh, because I think. After she did the the movie, was it the breakup with Vince Vaughn, where she was like briefly nude in like extra scenes? So mm-hmm. that's become like the this is the Aniston picture we're sharing to all the older nerds. Okay, but before that, you would like play on like real time player the footage of her like kissing another woman. I I don't remember that. I just remember liking that movie a lot. I don't remember her kissing another woman though. I could well, be wrong. Speaking of her nude scenes, did you guys see that story that she, there was like a, a topless photo of her being auctioned off, but it was for like not a lot of money? Like, <laughs> really? Well, yeah. $5, $5 right here. We $5. Yeah. Are we talking $5. like her with the Rachel? Because if it's like her, not to be a pig, but if it's her like in the Friends late 20s days when she had those like glass cutters in full effect, then sure, that's worth a couple of ducats. But that like, is hysterical. you know, I mean, like she's pretty, but like she's in her fifties now and stuff, or whatever the hell. Her she's body at. is so sick, though. For fifty, no, here it is, right here. Wait, it says, she, oh, she was auctioning it off for coronavirus relief efforts. No, it was. It said it was taken of herself, taken in nineteen ninety five. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. And she is sporting the Rachel. It says it. So both on her head and between her legs. <laughs> <laughs> they they made sure to do downstairs in that sassy cut as well. Yeah. <laughs> but bouffant. Yeah. Can I you want imagine the... <laughs> selling your nudes for like next to nothing though, like that. Yes. 
<laughs> oh wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, my my uncle called right in the middle of that perfect time for him to call. Um, <laughs> right before. What stereotypical news. Italian name does he have? <laughs> No, you know what? So th- that's hysterical. I do have a very stereotypical Italian family on the one side, but the other side, I joke and I say like I'm 25% backwoods and 25% Eastern European. So the one half is Italian, but then the other half is like white, white, like from like the butchers, holler and Kentucky white people. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's like your friend Sabelli. Oh, yeah, it is. Just Eva grew hunt. up, she had a friend, Steph Sabelli, who is, like, only a quarter Italian, and the rest is whatever the fuck, but she had, like, that olive complexion, and we're all just like, you're Italian, it's good. Like a De Niro thing, you know? Yeah. Like, you've like, got the name you look at. Well, Italian people want to be white. Like, they think that they're white, and they want to be white, but I'm like, like, crack open a history book. We were I not white until, like, five minutes time. ago. Oh. <laughs> until five minutes ago. Okay, now I love you. All right, I, I don't know how many episodes involve me screaming about the Italians not being white, but Eva, what is it, 50%? 50%. And you're, I mean, Poppy, you're Greek. Do you, uh, yeah, I'm, are Greeks white? I don't know. We're, we're lower than the Dagos. Okay, Greek. I'm I'm Irish and Lithuanian. Like, I'm, you're white. I'm so you're white. white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm so white. Um, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't even know. But So Italians, no, because the Arabs took over sicily i know for a while so sicilians are a lot darker well um, everybody conquered sicily everybody and their mother okay. conquered sicily so we have everybody's blood inside of us <laughs> so i don't know yeah so that's like the other thing like we try to act so holier than now i'm like real like, we were everybody's bitch like if you look at world history there was not one civilization that didn't conquer us so i don't know why we're acting you guys all, you know, for a while literally <laughs> I mean, it's lunacy. Did you guys talk about the Christopher Columbus? Because I won't make you guys be redundant if you did. But that was like, we talked about that on my episode last week, which I, it's been like a thing with me and other Italians for so long. I just can't get over the fact that we're still idolizing this guy or trying to. Oh, no, because to, you grew up in like an Italian area, but to the majority of the country, like Christopher Columbus Day was just some day you got off. It was not a celebration. Like I, I know that they made it a huge thing for the Italians after they lynched a couple of Italians, pretty much the you know, black person style in the deep south back in the day. Right. And then they were really? just like, Oh shit, we could maybe weaponize these guys against black people if we act like this is a big deal. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it became something in the wake of, like, a bunch of Italians getting lynched. Oh, like, my God. There okay. were a lot of Italians in Texas and some other regions of the South. And for a long time, because they're like, yeah, fuck it, we're not white. So they just, like, a lot of times, like, intermarried with black people and really didn't consider themselves white. And then after this lynching and the Italians were, like, fucking livid about it, suddenly they were like, okay, you're white. Fuck. I can't believe we're doing this, but you're white. All right. And that suddenly the the Italians became white and then suddenly the, the tons of intermarriage kind of tapered off and Christopher Columbus Day became the huge celebration that it is like in Jersey and I don't know where the fuck else. He's literally else like the Jeffrey Epstein of his time. Like he trafficked <laughs> young women, he Aww. stole, he like abused people and I'm like... The, like but he threw great have... parties. Right. He threw great <laughs> parties and he, you know, he was friends with Donald Trump so I guess all is forgiven. <laughs> What are we doing here? What are we doing? So, I, I mean, we, I keep going back to The Sopranos. Remember the episode when 
there was Christopher, it was Christopher Columbus Day. Yeah, and with Nick DiPaolo having cameo as a cop. Yeah, Nick DiPaolo was a cop. And then AJ was saying how, you know, Columbus didn't discover America. He was actually this horrible, horrible guy. And Syl was, wanted to celebrate the uh, Christopher Columbus parade and festival. And I remember... I didn't even think that that was a real thing. I thought the Sopranos made that up, like just for the episode. But I guess, <laughs> I guess Sopranos that's like world building, like Game of Thrones. No, but no, but I guess like in places in Jersey, like there's actually like a festival, like San Gennaro. I'm thinking, is it sort of like that where there's food and games and the church puts it on? Oh yeah, there are like parades and shit, like like for Columbus Day and it's okay, like... yeah. Down here in Virginia, it was just like a day we got off from school. And we were like, oh, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean ocean blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm going to stay up till 11 on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, But we didn't have like party, like San Gennaro type parties. Our white people here are very white. Yeah. Like we have everyone. We have Asians and Latinos and like all different kinds of variety within those groups. But our white people are just like fucking white, man. Yeah. Just boring. Just white. Yeah. I was such an outlier. A lot of, you were, a lot of Irish in the area. A lot of Irish. Yeah, Irish, Krauts, whatever. But How do you guys feel about the Irish? Because I'm always half and half on them. Like, I'm not really sure. Like, some days I like them and some days I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I mean, I'm like half Irish and I half hate myself. So I, I get you. I get you on that. They're um, the bottom the of the white person bit. tank to me. Yeah, I mean, they're just. They're the thin lip line. We, uh, they do have very thin lips. <laughs> they, Irish people have very small features in general, like big heads and small features. Which they look like I, Dick Tracy villains. Yeah, like I do. I have tiny eyes, a tiny nose, like smallish lips and a big Irish it's, head. It's good though right now because you don't have as many holes to catch COVID with. <laughs> <laughs> smaller surface area. That's true. That's true. Um, the food is horrible. Uh, most of us, like 90% of us are Catholic. So there's this awful Catholic guilt you have constantly. Um, yeah, I mean, the Irish are okay. I, 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 I think like the Boston that. Irish gave the Irish like a bad reputation. You know what I mean? Cause it's almost like you think of like the worst sect of the Irish people. It's probably like Boston Irish people. And yeah. so then they give everybody else a rough rep. Like it's not really fair. That's you know? true. Like my, my, most of my Irish family lives in Connecticut. My dad's from Connecticut outside New York and uh, they're all like just awesome. We, we learned all the songs from my grandma and she would cook the bland potatoes and food but it was it was special because it was her you know and it was mainly about like the plays the literature and the songs with her we weren't like into i mean i was into fighting and drinking but that was just me um see that's the the thing i like about the irish people like if (laughs) i like at at any given moment they're ready to you know because i'm a big whiskey drinker like i'm a big jameson person so like that's the one thing i thought that i'm like okay that common ground you know yeah like, yeah, I feel yeah. the same way about Southerners. Like, I like uh, Leonard Skinner. Like, my family, big, that's, like, the backwoods coming out. Like, my family's big Leonard Skinner people. So whenever I'm in the South, like, I sort of use that to find common ground with people who would otherwise probably lynch me. So that's sort of, like, my, <laughs> that's how I save myself. I just start, you know, singing the songs, and then it's all good from there. So are you oh, just geez, into the was. music, or are you also about, like, the crashing of small airplanes, or? <laughs> <laughs> Or worse, the wearing of the the Confederate flag. Oh God! I um 
I know. I wore my Leonard Skinner shirt here the other day, and I said to uh, Al, I was like, I was nervous that people would think it was like I was like taking a stand against Black Lives Matter. Like I like came home and changed. I was like, you know, worried they would think um, it wasn't supporting it because I feel like it's like the obviously like the white like the rock group for people who like drive pickup trucks and oh you know, yeah like like NASCAR and stuff like that. So you got to be careful. Yeah, especially in LA. LA is like super political and um I feel like or, or super liberal, I mean. Oh, um yeah. and you know, one one like wrong word could get you like in trouble. Banned for yeah, you'll be banned Amy or canceled or Amy Cooper or fuck, she yeah. deserved it. Fuck her. You know, the next thing you know, I'll be like Venmoing tens of thousands of dollars to my boyfriend who has a, a wife and kid at home. Like that's the slippery slope, you know, it, it is the Leonard Skinner shirt. And the next thing you know, you're there like you all go. over the New York post, Leonard Look. Skinner and a little bit of JMO and uh 65 K later. I just no. want you to know, Brie, I will kill a baby for like 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I will actually put that, uh, that advertisement up on my podcast. I'll be like, Oh, I want that the in the metadata. Of the episode, yeah. I, I, that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> a pro-choice t-shirt. You can keep the other 64.5. <laughs> I work cheap. Uh, what is the comedy scene like in D.C.? Are you guys, like, for, near Arlington? Is that, like, yeah. where? Yeah. Okay. What's the What's the comedy scene like there? Non-existent at the moment because of COVID, but... yeah. I would say it's it's the last couple of years you've gotten up to I mean it's nothing compared to LA or New York you're probably looking at like two three four mics a night spread out over the area um, I do more improv than stand up I was looking to pivot into stand up more before this all went down but that's what's beautiful about this disease I can say anything you're like oh god before this went down I was moving to New York I was gonna get ripped. <laughs> Uh, this was going to be the year, man. This was going to be the year. And fuck, now I just have to play my Switch in my room, I guess, you know? Um, and It's a great excuse. It is. It's it's wonderful. But it's, yeah, it's just various mics. There's not a ton of room for recognition. I still feel it's one of those cities where if you're serious, you're moving to New York or L.A. But, I mean, you can get your early reps in, I suppose. I guess that's everyone's logic is you do it here. So you're not paying like New York or LA rent, but we're every bit as expensive. So I don't even oh, 100%. get that thought process. Yeah. It's just as expensive. Well, in comics have it. I always think they have it extra tough, like in the big cities, because if you're like, you know, an out of work actor or actress, like everybody in LA, like they do their auditions and their Equinox appearance during the day. And then they're like a call girl at night. So that's how they make <laughs> their money. Right. And then like, nobody talks about it. And then you have a career like Denise Richards, but for the re- for comics, we got to, we have to do our shit at night. So we had to take like the crappy day jobs to get by yeah. and they're not as lucrative as, you know, like in only fans or like a, a sugar daddy situation so we really get the shit under the stick if you're a comic in LA or New York did you ever do New York like being from Jersey (laughs) I thought you were gonna ask did you ever turn tricks no I know (laughs) did you Brie does New York yeah Brie (laughs) does the Lower East Side yeah um I yeah so I started in New York I basically got into comedy because I took a class at UCB I took hell the, yeah, uh, yeah everybody's rite of passage right like yeah. doing the UCB thing how long did you stick with improv I I didn't I did the one class okay. and then my um the teacher said to me 
know, you're really good when you give the monologues, like you should be doing stand up. So I was like, okay. So right from there, employee of the fucking year. Yeah. I was like, that was a a great boost. So that's what I started doing. And, um, I started in New York. I was open micing. And then like six months into it though, I moved to LA. Wow. So um, good for you. Thank you. Um, and I don't know, like I find that like for me, like I think it's tough to make friends in the comedy scene. Mm. Um, I know not, not every, like some people like they love it and they feel like a great sense of community. Like for me, I think, you know, well, you guys have seen my Instagram, I'm sure like the way yeah. that I, I'm not exactly a modest person, the way that I put myself out there. I think people have this perception of me, like, and they don't, you know, want to be my friend in comedy because like, you know, whatever. So I'm like trying to be cool with everybody, but I, yeah, it's like, it's tough to make friends. So it's been a little hard. I mean, well, I can see, I mean, just for people that can't see Brie right now, she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, And I think we're doing a zoom right now. She's been topless (laughs) this whole time. You just didn't want me on it. I, I have... <laughs> you have like, a bag over have... your head like a Browns yeah. fan. I have, I have my summer body that really has a good personality and a pretty face. Um... <laughs> Drinking all those Irish smoothies, a.k.a. mashed potatoes. <laughs> so I would think just like, you know, being as gorgeous as you are, it's probably girls are intimidated by you. And then guys are just like, I don't know, just probably assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird. And it's like. I, like, the thing about me is, like, I tell, like, I'm the first person to tell people, like, all this shit, like, you know, makeup and whatever, like, it means nothing. Like, mm. I'm the kind of person who would tell you that, like, you know, looking a certain way, like, it, it doesn't mean, like, anything. It's, like, it's all, it's, like, all fake. It's a farce, like, so, like, I'm very, like, down to earth that way, and that's mm-hmm. not what I value in other people. So, I thought it's, like, if given the chance, people like me, but, like, at first glance, it's, like... Yeah, like, there's just sort of, like, this toughness. And comedy, like, you know, comedy is a thing for misfits. Like, yes. that's, you know, how people see it. So if, they, if they're perceiving you as not that, they feel like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, this is not, um, you know, your lane. But again, like, I, like, in my comedy, I talk a lot about, you know, like, I looked like, like a baby version of Hagrid from Harry Potter from age 5 to 20. So that was my experience, you know, like that's how I went through life. And so like, I, like when people are like, oh, like this is for whatever. I'm like, yeah, like I was the kid in high school who didn't go to high school parties. Like I, like I was the misfit. So like, those are the people I want to hang out with. Those are the people that I find community with. Um, but sometimes it's like, yeah, like having like triple D boobs is sort of like a, a physical and an emotional barrier for people. <laughs> You know, so, what like, are you going to do? What was your um, she's all that moment? Like, when did they sit you down in the chair and put on the makeup and do like the whole montage? And then it's like, and take the glasses beautiful. off. Yeah. <laughs> take oh, the ponytail off. <laughs> Honestly, like it was, it had to be like towards like the, like towards the end of college. I, um, okay. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of like had like a, a really delayed glow up and, when I, I also like when I went to school for finance and as soon as I was about to graduate, I was like, I will do anything for a career except finance. Like I could not oh, handle it. I was, yeah, I was like, my father was, you know, livid. So I ended I up becoming a, you know, a bottle waitress in New York. And so it was sort of like a forced blow up. Like I'm like, shit, if I want to go into these clubs and make money, I have to like, you know, have yeah. like a, a revamping of sorts. Of so, course. 
that's kind of what happened. Um, but yeah, like growing up, I had a lazy eye. Like I had to wear an eye patch for four or five years in no. grammar school because I had a lazy eye. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when people are like, oh, you know, I'm like, you have no fucking idea how hard it's how hard it was. Seriously. Like, and it was like before like Pirates of the Caribbean. So it was before it was even like remotely cool. <laughs> There's no way you could like make it cool in any way. <laughs> no. No. I had, it was, it was ridiculous. And my mom, like, she bought me the one with, like, a gigantic unicorn on it. And I'm, I always, like, make the joke that, like, oh, yeah, like, how do we make this, like, you know, less conspicuous? Let's just put a giant mythological creature on the eye patch <laughs> and just send her on her way and, and hope for the best. I think she should have just put, like, a big googly eye on it. It, w- it would have been better. <laughs> it would have been better, honestly. It was, like... I, yeah, it was wild. So yeah, I had an eye, a lazy eye, eye patch, like the whole nine yards. Like I was overweight. I had frizzy hair, you know, it just was like a bad scene. And so that's kind of how I grew up. But I'm like, looking back, like, I'm so grateful for it. Cause it makes you like real. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, of course. People who were good looking their whole lives, like they just don't have any spine, you know, like they we don't. don't. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to insult you personally, John. I just want to get that point no, in there. I'll roll it's, over it's as been, you say it to me. Yeah, It's been really hard for you, I'm sure. It's all John. been on a silver platter. I'm not going to yeah. lie. She's right. So, yeah. Oh, it's my great. goodness. Um, but yeah, like, I actually, I realized that the other day. Like, I literally can only remember one going to one high school party the entire time I was in high school. I, like, I never went to any. It was just the one. So, like, have you, I don't know, did you guys, like, did you go to a bunch? Like, what was oh, the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was, because I drank and partied. Like, I, I yeah, started drinking like, at, like, 15. Actual parties, I only went to a couple. But, like, I would hang out most weekends with a circle of friends and, like, get really fucked up. So, I don't know if that's, like, a party. It doesn't seem like it's a party. <laughs> it's just us getting high and watching Willy Wonka and Mr. Mm. Joe. I used to go to parties. <laughs> yeah, you you went to actual parties. No. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I, I partied. Yeah, I partied way too hard. I, uh, I mean, John, you and I used to party together. But those were like, again, like small little get Yeah, that was just when a my person parents or two were out of doing town. drugs. Yeah, we were just like, let's have eight people over and do drugs in in my parents' house while they're away. Yeah, I don't even remember the eight. Like, I pretty much remember getting high with you and a friend, like, in a treehouse. Yeah, at Hannah's house. That's yeah. true. Probably shouldn't have said her name. <laughs> yeah, I like that it went from, like, hypothetical, like, he's creative, to just, oh, he lived that. Yeah. In three seconds. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't party either. I didn't feel, like, particularly, like, an outcast. Like, I didn't want to party. Like, it was, it, it started a long path for me of I you know I'm a guy I wanted to interact with girls and I was like why aren't there girls in my life yet I did nothing that would bring women into my life like I was just this (laughs) dude that sat on his computer really didn't go out with any sort of extracurriculars and got high with other guys and we were like expecting women to like spontaneously generate like fucking spores you know and it's just Somehow it didn't work out. Oh. Well, it no, worked out in the end because you've always been attractive. Very, uh, yeah, no backbone, but just beautiful. no spine. But you've Be- just no been... spine, gorgeous cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. It's my autobiography. 
Are you uh, you're, are you ladies man, John? Or are you like a bit? Are you like the big ladies man? Oh <laughs> fuck no, fuck no. I mean, like I would say, ten years ago, I did a, a good deal better. Like there was a brief window where I was like doing okay. Like the fitness lined up with me feeling okay about myself, and I yeah. I was yeah I, I was doing decently. And then like I want to say like thirty ish, maybe a couple years before that, I got into radio. And radio paid shit, and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to chase some artistic dream, and the radio hours were really weird. I was working weekends. I was working overnights. And then, like, once I got out of the swing of, like, going to bars and and pooling girls, like, I just kind of never got all that back into it. Like, I'm not saying my hymen's regrown, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just more with time I've what I used to seek and all of that I kind of find in getting whatever recognition I can through comedy or whatever you know like I I think back in the day I I say this often I lived by that kind of office space philosophy like I a learned to hate my job and then b was like the only thing that will really make you happy in life is dating someone Mm. that you like and otherwise life is gonna suck and then at a certain point i was like oh shit you can find things in life that aren't women but you like them like the arts and yeah once that clicked for me i kind of you know we need to establish a happy medium brie not gonna lie there needs to be some comedy and some girls in my life but yes well you also have mother to take care of of course and the cats <laughs> don't forget the cats yes i can hear the meowing in the background yeah <laughs> well wait so Eva you're with you're you said you're living with your boyfriend right I am I uh I'm I'm sort of like in my parents live like 20 minutes away so I stay at their house like a few nights a week and then I stay here but I'm slowly moving my things in here to be in here permanently oh um, god bless because yeah. being single during the pandemic is like like speaking of hymens growing back I'm pretty sure mine did <laughs> I think mine did and it's fortified now because I literally have not had sex since MLK day of 2018, which is like a, it's like a whole, st- I know it's a whole story, but so, and then one, like maybe like at the beginning of this year, I'm like, dude, like I got to get back in the game. And then the pandemic hits. And now I'm like, like the pandemic, like game for single people is completely different than anybody who's coupled oh, up. It's, like, yeah, it's just hollering at people via Reddit. There's yeah. nothing to do <laughs> Nothing. It's like 2018. I know. I know. I wish it's... you could see my face right We're now. We're not like... all tramps, Eva. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gypsies, tramps, and thieves. <laughs> it's, oh uh, my I goodness! I know. I don't. It's like it was one of those things where it's like you, it's like for a little while you're like okay, and then like it just like before you knew it, it like spiraled out of control, and like I'm like I don't even know if oh, I know yeah. how to do you're it just anymore. Like, Let's see how long this goes. Oh, yeah, that, like, I mean that. I I've been there. I've I've been there. I've gone like three years before. So oh, you I, did? I can, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. When when I was in New York and uh, yeah, three years. But I just I don't know. I I didn't think anyone else had that problem. I, I guess feel like it, maybe they do, and they just don't talk about it. They as don't. Much. They don't share it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you're yeah. cool. You're cool, and you'll share about it. Um, Damn. Right. Well, I like guess as a comedian, like you just have no, you're like, I'll just tell all of my personal shit to like anybody who will listen. Like that's sort of like our vibe. So yeah. I, most people probably shouldn't tell, but I, yeah, I'll tell my office. Like I'll tell my priest, like, I don't really care. I'll tell anybody. It does not, does not bother me. <laughs> so what is, what has it been like? Like, are you, is there it's any terrible. sort of, 
any sort of talking to people, any sort of anything. Is there um... a unicorn on your hymen? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just her eye patch. <laughs> oh. I was like, yeah, maybe I should bust out the eye patch again because at least I'll have like a like a niche group of people who are into me. <laughs> no, it's like I've been trying to get on the apps, but it's like, you know what? That's what happens. It's like once you go like so long without sex, like as much as I want to have it, like you become so selective because you're like, fuck, if I'm yep. going to really break this streak, it's got to be somebody like pretty good. And you just start talking to some of these people and you're like, oh my, like, what am I even doing? Like, it's hard to meet people online because it's like you're yeah. only really going off of like pictures and like a few quotes. And like, I'm the kind and of you're person like, where like, how much? Yeah. I was like, I I should start charging for it now that it's been like two years. I was, I feel like in like in certain cultures, I'd be considered like a born again version. So like, I probably could like auction it off at like a discount, you know, like it's not of like real virginity, but it's like for like an Arab dude who's like sort of lost some money because like his oil futures are down. Like he (laughs) might want to buy me. (laughs) Yeah. He might want to get me. But... um, Yeah, it's been weird. And I watch way too much porn. And then, like, I'm, like, I have to go on porn sabbaticals. Like, that's how much porn that I watch where, like, I'll have to be, like, all right, you know what? For three weeks, I'm not watching any because I need to, like, cleanse myself, like, spiritually. How do you do that? Like, I I want to do that, and I'll try it. And, like, four minutes later, there's a phone in my hand. And I'm, like, <laughs> what? Where, where did you come from? I mean, that's a big issue for you, John. Like, that's something. Oh, yeah, three weeks. God. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done three weeks. Oh, no, 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 I have not. I, 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 I haven't probably. I mean, that was, that was my sexual revolution when I went to college. It was not like actually, you know, fucking in my dorm room. It was having a computer of my own with a T3 line <laughs> and my own hard drive. So I could just <laughs> dump everything into folder upon folder there. Bree, are you on a no porn thing right now? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm nearing like a, a point where I probably have to go, like, I'll probably have to do like a two week, you know, two or three week fasting. A cleanse. Of some sort. A cleanse. Um, right. Yeah. It's like, it does, it is an interesting, like if you could do it, it is an interesting experiment though, like to see how it changes. Because when you first stop watching it, you're like, all right, like, how am I going to get off? And then it's like, you know, like as creatives, as writers and comedians, like it's a great exercise to be like, how creative can I get in my, like I have to write a whole script and like a plot line, like for my fantasy. And then I got to like reenact it in my head and there's editing. (laughs) It's like a three hour process. And then I finally have something I'm like, okay, now we're good, you know? So it takes a while, but with porn, it's like the work's already done for you. So it's great. The other way around, you know, you really got to kind of flex that, that creative dirty muscle inside your head. Damn. So no, I'm I'm with you. Like when I am the the few times that I skip it, I find myself being so bored that I just try to get it done with as soon as possible. I'm like, <laughs> this fucking sucks. I'm just gonna eat, play some video games. Let's let's get you out of me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so over you. It's just I'm like this stinks because if if you're clicking around, you want to find like that perfect thing to finish up to. And it can right. go on for a long time. It's a, like a horrible meditative state you can enter. And yeah, without, I'm just like, oh, fuck, this stinks. No wonder people didn't get addicted to this in 1841. I know. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> back then it was like paintings. Yeah. So rock paintings in the cave. Like, yeah, like, what did you get off to when you were a caveman? I have no idea. They, well, that's why they just clubbed women in the head. Sex, yeah. 
Yeah, they like, like that. They were like, "Fuck it!" Like I'll just club her in the head. Like there was no foreplay. Like they just did it, and then they were done. So that was the foreplay, the goose egg. They didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> that that was the roofie, Jesus. <laughs> the old um, goose egg to the head. Uh, well, shit. Uh, Eva reported. She said, "You know, like on the sly, try to end things because the audio is breaking apart." I think it's fine, but. I, it's- uh, well, thank I heard you for it like calling one or out. two times. No, no, I did hear it one or two times, like like a little crackling. It wasn't terrible, but I did hear it, like like a prepubescent voice. Yes, yeah. It's it's just starting to sound a little choppy on okay. my end. All right, well, it's well, nothing has nothing to do with the lovely conversation we're having. We I love that. that was my awesome. uh, that was my hymen speaking up. Actually, that's what you heard the crackling <laughs> down squeak. below. It was it was squeaking. Yes, it was saying, "Please, please end my misery. I don't want to be here anymore." <laughs> Feed me. <laughs> Feed me. Well, Bree, if people awesome. want to like listen to the pod and get in touch with you on social media, how can they do that? Yes. So on social media, I'm way better at Instagram than I am uh, than at Twitter, but I'm on both. And my Instagram handle is Bree Bree Hunter. So B-R-I, B-R-I Hunter, one word. Um, And then if you want to check out the pod, it's called Bree Hunter is Fucked. Um, Very uh, misleading given what's been going on in my life as of lately. Uh, But that is on, uh, (laughs) thank you. That's on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. And then we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and, oh, SoundCloud. That's the other one. So yeah, just come find me, uh, send me DM. I get really interesting DMs. So by all means, uh, hit me up. It's, it's always good to f- comedic fodder. So yeah, find how, me. Like how long does a guy have to feign things before he just sends the dick pic? You know what? Some guys are like gonzo. Like they will just open with the dick pic and, and hope for the best. Like oh. other dudes. Oh my God. They'll wait. Yeah. So, um, but I have what definitely power gotten move. some interesting ones. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, Bree, thank you again. I, I have to say, I knew this was going to be good as soon as you said you were 27 because <laughs> Eva somehow thought you were 37. And the instant you took that away from her, I was like, I love you. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought I read it on one of your tweets or something somewhere and i was I like I, I actually do remember it i guess it was a typo maybe it was a typo or or maybe it was just a joke i guess and i was like there's no way she's 37 look at that look at that alabaster skin oh my thank you you know what i i can't remember what the joke was but i i remember saying that because somebody else asked me they're like oh you're 37 and i was like oh no no it was a joke so that must have been it yeah I, yeah so you were not the but, only one yeah but you did get to take that away from me and i know that that made john very happy <laughs> <laughs> you no guys, you guys were folks... uh you were oh, awesome sorry. so thank you so much for having me on i really pleasure. appreciate it you guys are great uh you're awesome uh eva if people want to creep into the dms of a 36 year old um, oh, god why that? why bother uh you can get me at, at orchard diva on both twitter and uh instagram cool and i am at papa's basement p-a-p-a-s basement and the show's on i don't know spotify and google and itunes and all those things it's just papa's basement yeah Bree, right. thank you so yeah. much thanks again thanks again guys it was awesome all righty bye guys bye, bye.